Good morning, everybody. So we're going to start with a little bit of fun this morning. Anybody watched um, the Gladiator program? I know it's a little bit of an old program, but anybody seen the American-style Gladiator program? So we're going to have three groups of children that are going to compete against some gladiators today. So we have searched the church. We have scoured the congregation for the most powerful, the most strongest people we can find. Welcome this morning, Dazzling Dale. Warrior Wayne. And Beastly Bread. Awesome kids, groups of children who have got a message for you, the congregation, and they are going to try, get through these gladiators to bring that message to you. Congregation, are you ready? Gladiators, are you ready? Children, are you ready? One, two, three, go! Okay, we've got the first group coming down. Is Warrior Wayne going to be enough to block them off? Their powerful strength is overcoming all three gladiators at once. We've got this group coming. Whoa. Let's send the next group of kids. Come, the next group. Let's go. Let's sidetrack those. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, those gladiators are too smart for these children. They found them already. Let's go, let's go. Taylor is up. Taylor is up. She's passed. Emily's up. We've got the group coming through. One last group. Come on up. Let's see if you can make it through. Here comes Holly. And she is going to take on all the gladiators at once. Well done, Holly. And these, they just outran Dazzling Dale there. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) And one last. Give it up for these amazing gladiators. And let's ask these kids what they've got to show us. So can you unroll your, your signs for me? Can you put it the right way? So these stories that I'm going to tell you are stories and challenges that I have heard personally. Over here is Taylor, and she's got hashtag 12 years. She's representing her mom this morning, who hasn't been able to come to church for the last 12 years because she hasn't had an interpreter. The next sign over here is different, not broken. Historically, deaf people have been invited to healing ministries of churches. They've been sent a message that they need to be healed or changed before they can be part of a church family. Even children amongst here in our soul ministry have had that message said to them. Need for access. That's Ayanda over there holding that one up. Even with an interpreter here, The deaf community don't have full access to our services. They need captioning on every single video. Every single time we turn our heads or mumble or put the mic in front of our mouth, we block access for them. We block communication for them. We need to do better. Give these guys a really big round of applause. And Lauren is waiting for you. You guys can go that way and you can go take a seat. Well done. Well done. The truth is, 
that there might be many other people sitting here today in church and for very different reasons have had gladiators in front of them and gladiators that they've needed to overcome. In the New Testament, there's a story about some people who faced opposition as they tried to meet with Jesus. And I'm going to read it from the storybook, the Jesus Storybook Bible. So it just says it so beautifully. Jesus' friends were arguing. Who was the most important helper in God's kingdom? They wanted to know. I am, James said. No, you're not, said Peter. I am. Nonsense, Matthew said. I'm the cleverest. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yes, no, am too. This silliness went on and on like that for some time. You see, Jesus' friends had started thinking they had to do something to make themselves special to Jesus. That if they were the cleverest or the nicest or something, Jesus would like them best. But they had forgotten something, something God had been teaching his people all through the years, that no matter how clever you are or how good you are or how rich you are or how nice you are or how important you are, none of it makes any difference. Because God's love is a gift. And as anyone will tell you, the whole thing about a gift is, it's free. All you have to do is reach out your hands and take it. So while Jesus' friends were arguing, some people who knew all about getting gifts, in fact, you might say they were gift experts, had come to see Jesus. Who were they? They were children. Jesus' helpers tried to send them away. Jesus doesn't have time for you, they said. He's too tired. But they were wrong. Jesus always had time for children. Don't ever send them away, Jesus said. Bring the little ones to me. Now, if you had been there, what do you think? Would you have had to line up quietly to see Jesus? Do you think Jesus would have asked you how good you'd been before he'd give you a hug? Would you have to be on your best behavior and get dressed up? And not speak until you've been spoken to? Or would you have done just what those children did? Run straight up to Jesus and let him pick you up in his arms and swing you and kiss you and hug you and then sit you on his lap and listen to your stories and your chats. See, children loved Jesus and they knew they didn't need to do anything special for Jesus to love them. All they needed to do was to run into his arms. And so that's just what they did. Well, after all the laughing and games, Jesus turned to the helpers and said, no matter how big you grow, never grow up so much that you lose your child's heart, full of trust in God. Be like these little children. They are the most important in the kingdom. This passage of scripture, which is found in the gospels, and particularly in Matthew 19, verses 13 to 15, This passage has been a big part of my journey as a kid's pastor. It's been one of those heart-shaping verses, anchor verses. And I remember the first moment that God used those verses in my life. It was an overnight event with kids. I was still young and started out in ministry. And you can tell that I'm young and starting out because it said children and sleepover in the same sentence. (laughs) Anyways, it... We just had a message in worship, and it was quite an intense evening. We really wanted to see each individual connect with God. And as the evening went on, there was one particular boy that was really struggling to connect with God. To be honest, at the end of that evening, I was just ready to let it go. 
go have some fun, you know, I was kind of done. But a friend walked past me and just whispered in my ear, remember, Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Her words just sank into my heart and pushed me not to lose hope and encouraged me to pray that whatever was hindering that child, God would resolve. It was this thought, so simple, an uncomplicated idea or belief that children had special access to God. And over the years, I've been witness to it, and especially that night at that event. We saw such a significant change in that child's life as we asked God to remove the hindrances from him. That moment, even though not dramatic or a miracle as such, has never left me. And whenever I see a child who's not connecting with God, I want to pray. But as I've stayed in ministry and been part of more organized and structured kids' ministry, I've seen many more gladiators, not just spiritual gladiators, but physical ones, emotional ones, things that hinder our children from accessing God, spiritual, emotional, and physical gladiators that hinder people from, of every age from connecting with a God that loves them. So let's look at what are those things that hinder. What would it mean to turn people away from Jesus? Let's go back to that passage of Scripture. And before we start asking a question or two about this passage, I just want to put a good word in for those poor disciples. They must have been such hard work for Jesus. Yo, not always getting it right. I'm sure, though, that they were trying to do their very best. I don't think they stopped people from meeting with Jesus out of maliciousness, but a heart to serve Jesus. They had the best heart, and yet they could get it so wrong. So it leads me to my question, and I would like some interaction because I'm used to kids' ministry. I've got some smarties hanging around here somewhere just to get a little bit of encouragement here. Why did the disciples do that? Why did they turn those children around? Anybody want to give it a guess? You've got to put your hand up if I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> it's nice having a microphone. <laughs> yes? They thought it was a waste of time. My smarty giver, there we go. And Christine did have a good answer. So I'll let you say it. They wanted to protect Jesus. Those are good answers. Anybody else? One last answer. At the back there. Okay, you got a shout out? They thought that the disciples and their time with Jesus was way more special than anybody else, eh? Okay. Yeah, Jesus was busy with other people. Maybe he was even preaching, didn't want to interrupt. Children were not seen as important within the culture, and Jesus was important. His time was important. However, Jesus was trying to change culture and challenge beliefs. This topic of children being important came up before this encounter. In fact, if you flip over your page, just one page back in Matthew 18, Jesus speaks about children, tells the disciples that they should desire to be like children with a childlike faith. He tells them not to look down on children or to cause any harm to them. Jesus shares a whole chunk of scripture about how important children are. See, in order for behavior to change or the way we do things to change, and often has to have lots of conversations around it before it can change from the inside out. We need things to sink in deep. 
And also just because the disciples had heard Jesus doesn't mean that they knew how their behavior needed to change or the way of life was going to change. So Jesus speaks about it. And then in chapter 19, he does not just say it, he shows them what he was meaning. He stops what they were doing and he changes it to do it differently. There's people here who may have felt like those children and their parents. The deaf community has been hindered from meeting with God, needing to overcome gladiator to access God. Things that we may have taken for granted, they have had to overcome. And we as a church have heard the call from God to change the way we do church, to be more accessible, to learn how to do church differently, to be inclusive, to be a place that people who have been marginalized find comfort and a place to belong. We want to be a church that not only acknowledges people's gladiators, but a church that helps prevent, take away, or overcome each other's gladiators. Just wanna say that again. We want to be a church that, only acknowledge, that not only acknowledge, acknowledges people's gladiators, but a church that helps prevent, take away, or overcome each other's gladiators. As I've been on this journey quite intensely, I just wanna share one of my own little personal moments. I've looked for ways to do kids' ministry different Two simple things is that when we do prayer in kids' ministry, we encourage our kids to open up their eyes because the deaf community need their eyes open to be able to see the prayers. But another thing, and a simple change, has been at Holiday Club. At Holiday Club, we used to scream a lot, like it was super loud. We actually had competitions on who could scream the loudest. Now you can imagine 400 kids screaming. Actually, you can't. You've got to have been there to experience that. <laughs> but two years ago, I realized that the screaming hurt the girls with the cochlear implants. And so we decided to do silent screams. We introduced that and we taught the kids how to be competitive with not a lot of noise. It was a simple thing. That year, I had five other parents come to me and say to me that their kids, who usually can't manage the whole week because of the noise level, had managed holiday club. They asked me what I did differently. What a win. A simple change to make our ministry more inclusive. And it opened up the doors for more kids to access God. Sometimes we're just like those disciples who might have the best heart to serve Jesus, but our ways might be hindering. You know, we need to commit to leaning into God's guidance and holding loosely to our ways as we listen to God's voice. If this journey with the deaf community is to be deep and wide, it will mean that it can't just be done by a staff member or a person that has a deaf person in their family. In order for our journey to be deep and wide, to be beautiful and glorifying to God, it will need you, the church, to step into it and be part of it. And I can assure you, it is not going to be easy. It will be difficult but it will be so beautiful. The one thing about this passage of scripture that really stands out for me is that Jesus wanted to be found. You see, God's heart is for every person to know him and to have access to who he is. He is a God that loves to be found. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, 
God says, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Proverbs 8 verse 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me, find me. Today, you might not have had to overcome a gladiator to be here. In fact, church might be the most mundane thing that you've done all weekend. You've got eight other activities planned just for today and you're watching the time to make sure we finish within an hour. Or you might be on the other extreme. You only actually have one service a month that you can attend and you live far away. You wake up at four o'clock in the morning to catch a couple of taxis to get you. You know what, it doesn't matter what side of the scale you fall on, the truth remains the same. There is a God that desires to be found by you today. And children from Promised Land have prepared something very special in hope that it will draw you into God's throne room. So I'm gonna ask the kids to come up, all the Promised Land kids, if you can come up onto the stage here. As they're coming up, I'm just gonna end with prayer. Father God, I thank you that you are a God that wants to be found. I thank you that today you've got divine appointments with people and that you want them to be found by you. And as we play this next item and we sing this next song, I pray, Father God, that those people will find you.